In episode eight, Catherine shares a story about how choosing a fun, refreshing fling helped her uncover her celestial, seductive power. I hope you guys enjoy episode eight of the Layover Podcast. Mami Wata. Ni was sitting next to me on the couch while I flipped through TV channels. He moved my wrap dress over my legs and took a close look at my thighs. I was immediately conscious of how he was staring at the picture definition of thunder thighs. His finger started gently tracing a stretch mark on my left thigh. It moved up slowly while his lips were muttering something. I guessed he was singing a song in his language, which I'd noticed him doing on many occasions. He got to my belly where the stretch mark road ended. His finger hopped over the stretch mark on the right and started moving in the opposite direction, down my thighs. I watched him repeat this for a few minutes. I enjoyed the tickling sensation, and although the back of my mind was raising alarm bells about the dangers of intimacy with the man here for the Netflix show, I didn't try to stop him. The words to a poem I hadn't heard in over a decade popped into my head. A hundred years should go to praise thine eyes on thy forehead gaze. Two hundred to adore each breast, but thirty thousand to the rest. An age at least to every part, and the last age should show your heart. For lady, you deserve this state. The poem was a plea from a horny man to his virgin girlfriend for a night of passion. It was called To His Coy Mistress. I remember 16-year-old me rolling my eyes, wondering how this was far from an appropriate choice for teenagers at an all-girls school who blushed whenever a guy walked around the campus. I thought the mistress would be stupid to not see his words as what my mom would often call sweet nothings whispered in your ear. But more importantly, I pondered how this woman could be called mistress when she was holding on to what he called long-preserved virginity. I kept thinking how unfair it was that she had earned this horrible scarlet letter before even having sex. Our homework then was to write a response to this so-called boyfriend. I had written some note about how I wanted a commitment before I could even give it up. My Catholic school teacher had graded it an A. And I often wondered if it was because of my writing skills or because it was the correct message. Yet as I stared into Nee's deep brown eyes and enjoyed this fleeting moment with him, I wished I had listened to the words of caution underlying the horniness. Had we but world enough in time, this coyness lady would be no crime. We would sit down and think which way to walk and pass our long love's day. I am certain the weeks I spent denying my attraction to him had robbed us of beautiful moments like this. Or maybe even robbed us of an ugly fight that could have led to wonderful makeup sex. I had insisted on dates and deep conversations, hoping they would lead me to corners of Nee's mind that I could snuggle up in. I thought that withholding sex would get me there faster. But had I taken the time to question myself, I would have realized the truth sooner. I had avoided sex because I was scared of feeling like a mistress. I had booked my flight to leave Ghana just before meeting me. And after many failed long-distance relationships, I knew that anything that could happen between us would have an expiration date. Just like the poet, at my back I always hear time's winged chariot hurrying near. There wasn't even enough time to hope for a relationship, 
The reality was, if anything was to happen between him and I, it would be a fling. I remember the first time I looked into Nee's eye, Nee's eyes, sitting by the beach, hearing the waves crashing onto the shore. <sighs> I had let out a sigh as I felt my whole body tremble. I lied to him and told him it was the cold weather, but I was sure it was my body throwing caution to the wind. Flings had always ended terribly for me. They left me feeling guilty and used. Whether the sex was good or bad, I felt dumped when it ended. I'm sure now it was because I entered flings with slight hope that it would turn into something more, that once I let the man in, he'll be magically under spell and not want to leave. What are you singing, I asked him. He looked up as if I had pulled him out of a trance. Have you heard of Omami Wata? It's a, it's a mermaid. I'm just singing a song I heard about it. All my childhood references of a mermaid trapping people to live underwater made me not want to continue the conversation. The alarm bells in the back of my head went off again, louder this time. I made a decision to stick to my stupid rules for avoiding attachment. Do not discuss relationships and feelings with this man. Keep it strictly physical. Months later, I heard a song playing on my iTunes playlist. It was from Ghana, and the words were, So call me superwoman ya santewa, said mystic mami wata. And I couldn't help think of me. I reached out to him under the guise of getting the right pronunciation, and we ended up talking for hours. Even over the phone, thousands of kilometers apart, he still had a way of making me feel at ease in my own body. I mentioned it to him, and he laughed it off. He reminded me that it was not a power he had, but it was a power in me. I still wasn't convinced, so I said, I wish I knew how to unlock it the way you do then. Babes, it's always out there, but instead you choose to lock it up sometimes. I realized then what he had meant when he called me Mummy Wata. He wasn't talking about me putting him into a trance. He was calling me a superwoman. I can't pretend that the end of the relationship was smooth or that all the parts were beautiful, but I'm always happy I took the dive to be in a relationship with an expiry date. It taught me the difference between being a mistress and being a lover. Now that I found the power in me to be a Mummy Wata, I dive into relationships. Sometimes I dive deep and I stay underwater as long as I can. Sometimes I do flips, gracefully slipping in and out of the water, playing beneath the surface. And sometimes I find a rock and lay in the sun alone. I swim through the storms, I swim through the calm waters, remembering that being in the water is natural. It's not a crime, it's not a punishment, it's not a label. It's a natural joy. Before first dates, I play that song. It's a simple practice to remind myself what I'm carrying in between my legs. So call me Superwoman Ya Santiwa, Sid Mystic Mami Wata. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode eight of the Layover Podcast. You can find more from the lovely Catherine on Instagram at instagram.com slash A-M-A-N-D-L-O-V-U underscore C-T-F. And the lovely song that she's referencing is by an artist named Ria Boss. And they're on IG at The Ria Boss. That's T-H-E-R-I-A-B-O-S-S. I'm a spelling champion after all of these episodes, I swear. 
As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you haven't already, share with your friends, subscribe to our weekly newsletter, like, comment, engage. I got some wonderful responses to the layovers email and I enjoy reading them. I enjoy chatting with all of you. I can't believe we're on episode eight. We have two weeks to go for June. Situationships, submissions are still open. Can't wait to hear your voice and listen to your story. See you guys next week.